boom, just like that, the show starts. No clue what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Nothing. I know what we're going to talk about right off the top is I'm flattered that you got on a plane, flew here. You landed today? Yeah, two hours ago. Landed two hours ago. George, I didn't even tell you this pre, pre-production. She landed two hours ago, and she's leaving after this. She literally flew across the country just to do this. Yep. Come on, right? Yes. Yes. Nurse Gone Rogue went rogue. Let's talk about that, your I mean, Instagram name. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I did think this was action junkie so yeah i kind of moved into action you did <laughs> i mean you responded so quickly i was like i better get there real quick <laughs> but nurse gone rogue um i started out as an icu nurse right out of um college actually i was not old enough to drink and i was pushing paralytics and sedatives and people in the icu so um and i just completely veered out of corporate healthcare and became a serial entrepreneur Really? Mm-hmm. After how many years? Um, almost 10 years. So 2016 oh, wow. was my first like uh, healthcare startup. I opened up a boutique nursing home in Washington State for ventilator clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. In 2016? 2016, before oh, wow. ventilators were even known about. Right, before that was a thing, yeah. sadly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, so was 2020 just crazy for you? Um, well, I sold that in 2018, actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, had the fifth So you missed baby. the ventilator oh, boom. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, no? I actually kind of started oh, it you locally. Started. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty well known in Washington for that because I think I was like the first AFH that was ventilator specialty and really like self-run kind of. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Just yep. actually fully staffed. I ran it like a mini hospital. Okay. Wait, dumb question. What's a- AFH? Adult family home. They're like group all right. homes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Are you kind of like, damn, I should have known that. Yeah, I should have known that, especially <laughs> since I just put my mom in a home about really? a month ago. How was that? Uh, brutal. Yeah. Um, actually, it's been weird. You know, she's got, she's uh, 84, mm-hmm. dementia. Right. And it's progressed like crazy this last year. Um, she still knows who I am, doesn't mm-hmm. know my name. Mm-hmm. So she knows faces, but not names. Doesn't know what year it is. Doesn't, couldn't, couldn't answer any of that stuff. And uh, I always told her when I was younger, I would never put her in a home mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I didn't know what I was talking about. Like when, when I was 20 or 30, you know, probably yeah. 30, 35 even. I had no clue what life ends up throwing you. Um, I mean, I won't get too graphic, but like she can't control yeah. functions, you know? So things happen wherever she's standing kind of thing. And she's got the diapers on, but then yeah. she forgot to put the diapers on. Right. And it gets to that point and then can't take them off and can't, it's just been brutal watching someone that's so sharp, so funny, so smart decline to this. It is heartbreaking. Well, and I, I mean, maybe just as a, a piece of encouragement, I think this is probably the largest part of what I do with families with even the existing AFH is I get all these phone calls and they're like, I just don't even know where to start. Yeah. That's been the biggest theme. And a lot of times um, I try and explain to people, especially adult children, 
it's like so gut wrenching to put your parent in a yeah. home, right? Yeah. So I was bawling my eyes out. I had to when when we <laughs> dropped her off. I was like, good. And I had it together, and then I literally like I don't want to say I ran out of that house, and it's an amazing place she's at. Yeah. But I I literally had to run out of that house because I was about to lose it. It I hits just you felt like guilty. a ton of bricks. Yeah. But but if if I if you'll allow me to walk you through a scenario, please. That might make you might make it easier for you to accept this, right? Because yeah. that's what it's about. We don't necessarily understand why we got to this point, but maybe helping us accept it as adult children. So a lot of times there's something that's called caregiver burnout, and I'm sure you got close to it. If not, I had already been experiencing it. So my it. brother experienced that. So she was lived. So she lived. I came from LA seven years ago, and then I moved her here mm-hmm. uh, the following year. So she's been here six years, mm-hmm. and I rent her a house, uh, or was renting her a house with my brother. My brother is ten years older than me, mm-hmm. and um, he absolutely got to the point you're talking about. The, yeah, and and how could he not? I don't know how he did what he did. It to be will honest. wreck your body from the inside out, and yeah. it takes years to get back what you've lost because yeah. it's so so much of an emotional toil. But I tell people all the time. Um, the best thing that you can do for your parents versus, you know, or even just loved one. Like I've, I've had a range from 20 year olds all the way to end of life in our homes. Yeah. So the best thing that you can do is focus on the quality time, focus Mm -hmm. on the creating of the memories, focus on the good things that you can have with them. And then also taking care of yourself because what, you know, if you, if your mother was in like perfect condition and knew exactly everything, would she be happy about your brother being burnt out after, you know, taking right. care of her, right? Right. We just feel like this inside guilt. Yeah. But really what our parents want for us is to live our happiest, healthiest lives and then to let them go when it's their time. And right. we're not necessarily letting them go. We're just facilitating a home-like setting where yeah. they can live with dignity and where trained professionals that do this for a living can take care of like the mundane daily tasks type right. of things. And so it's just a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting if this would have been six months ago, even four months ago, four months ago, if I would have dropped her off at this, this new place, she would have said like, why are you doing this to me? Like she's so far gone now in just those quick four months, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. Like there was none, like it wasn't even a, we didn't have to have a talk about it. There was nothing like we just took her over there and she's so like, I don't know if the, I don't want to say oblivious, but kind of a, like just, right. it is what it is. Like whatever it is, it is, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I could be, I could go, um, it's hard for me to go see her. I have to force myself. Like, to be honest, it's been three weeks since I've seen her now. It's hard for me, you know, and I have so much going on right now that I, I, I hate to be selfish, but like I kind of I'm in a mode right now, like I'm out raising money for some of the things we're doing, like we're mm-hmm. trying to open 20 of these studios and like I'm doing a lot of pitches on the phone and meetings and like I got to be on top of my game right now right. and like I can't be a downer like I can't I just don't have it. I don't have it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, my my girlfriend's phenomenal with going to see her mm-hmm. and she went and saw her with my brother last week and you know i was like and i was supposed to go and i was like guys i just can't do it i can't do it today and i feel bad about that but i also don't feel bad about that because the good thing is like she doesn't know the difference i know that right. sounds terrible right and unless you've lived it someone hearing this is, is probably going to get really in the comment section it. and be like what a fucking dickhead like but you don't understand like they don't know. Like, she doesn't know. When I see her again, for all she knows, I just saw her yesterday. She doesn't know. Exactly. So 
what you might be able to do, which it sounds like you're already doing, is kind of delegate that to someone because yeah. you're in a high emotional state right now where you're already you're high performance, high output, high yeah. stress, right? Yeah. You probably can't even sustain the grieving process, which is messy because you're going to grieve right. your dying parent while she's alive. And that's a really hard thing and, to do. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of been doing that this last yes. two years. Absolutely. Slowly. Like So the most important thing for you is to do identify the things that you remember as a kid or as a young adult or that she enjoyed a lot of. Like if she enjoys a lot of different flowers or specific type of flowers or specific chocolates or whatever. Yeah. Right now it's all about quality. Right. It has nothing to do right. with quantity Stuffed anymore. Stuffed animals make her happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Send her a TY beanie baby and whatever. Every time someone goes there or specifically from you with a little picture of like maybe the, they're, they're good about remembering the old version of you. So like right. the younger version of you, Oh, right. my little John, you know, yeah. that kind of yep. thing. So, yep. you know, those are, good ways of kind of putting ourselves to rest because yeah. you know we live with that guilt you know yeah. but um it's not necessarily good for you and you should be seeing a therapist by the way. <laughs> yeah <laughs> bereavement counselor absolutely yeah like, they, they would really help with that but yeah, you did the right thing, thing. yeah no you did the right thing by even just like putting her putting her in a place where professionals can take care of her the right way right you know because there's skin breakdown there's a slew oh, of unreal. things I that mean, can happen. Falling, I mean, the falling got was starting to get Absolutely. out of control. Yeah. Like, yeah, and if you're not trained medically, like it's just right. You know, we can we can recognize certain signs that you guys wouldn't recognize until like after the fact. We recognize when she starts twitching her nose a certain way. Right. You know, it's just different. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like two years ago, I took her to a podiatrist just to get her. She had some some problems with her feet and stuff. Yeah. You know, and and I know the podiatrist and. uh she, but she didn't know any backstory. She'd never met my mom or anything. I, I know her brother very well is how like I, I knew the mm -hmm. podiatrist. And um, she took one look at my mom, looked at me and goes, dementia. Yeah. Like literally off of one quick look. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's that obvious <laughs> to people that just deal with older people yeah. that much. They kind of have like that little glazed yeah, look over. The lights over are on, and... nobody's home kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. I'm not making jokes. I know I say yeah. this. I know you know it. I'm not, but you know. The people in the comment section sometimes they just oh they, people from the medical industry we are we know. have the darkest humor yeah. possible you have like, to right there's honestly like there are times when you'll cry because it's someone younger you're just like why like this makes no sense absolutely right. no sense but most of the time it's like you know some of my fondest memories and even my kids my kids have gotten to know a lot of our elderly people who have also like are long and gone from our homes, you yeah. know, our care homes, because they're elderly, they're there, it's end of life, yeah. and they're gone. But there was one gentleman in particular that, you know, he had a nickname, and my kids were like, well, are we going to see so-and-so when we go back? And I'm like, no, you know, he went to heaven, and they're like, he was my favorite yeah. one, he was like the grandpa. But, you know, um, you get to a point where you're just like, you're making you're so busy making memories you know that it's the end that yeah. you know any smile any laughter any kind of a spark of like who they used to be is something that you're chasing yep. after how many homes do you own um i have well two licensed homes right now on a, on a larger piece of property in washington state two homes on the same property yeah it's over oh, five acres cool. yeah. wow mm -hmm. okay it's a a larger home the first one that we were talking about with the ventilators yep. was I sold that one. That was like proper, proper startup. Um, sold that one in 2018. 
and then uh, relocated with my at the time husband and our five kids to Romania. So took a whole like sabbatical. <laughs> wow. Took a whole like sabbatical, yeah. And that's the relationship that went really bad? That one was a, um, yeah, it was very covert. It, uh, you know, people, it's a hard subject to talk around because, you know, some people don't really understand. And it's a lot of like, it has a lot to do with like cultural conditioning and religious indoctrination. And like, we both were Romanian, very much traditionalism, but there was just a lot of like covert, you know, domestic violence. It was a lot of like domestic terrorism, arguing, things like that. And, um, and then you just find out like, you start learning after you get out, like the fog lifts and you start getting educated. And like, I started going to therapy for the first time ever. I, you know, our kids were in therapy for a while. Like I got, I got diagnosed with PTSD, which is actually CPTSD, which is like, you know, very common in longer relationships where, um, you just go through like this emotional turmoil. So that was a 14 year long relationship. Wow. And how many years of the 14 was abusive? Well, I mean, I don't think he didn't even realize it. And I certainly didn't realize I, like I knew something was wrong. But from the beginning, in the beginning, it was just emotional. It was. So it was. So this is something that I like to talk about a lot because a lot of people are like, well, but did he ever hit you? And I'm just like, I ask people all the time. I pose this question and I'm like, OK, well, if somebody were to hit you with no intention behind it, what is that called? Assault. No, there's intention what? behind assault. Oh, oh. oh. There's no intention behind someone no hitting intention. you. No intention. I see what you're saying. What would that be categorized as? What would you call that? that? If you smack someone in the face, but you weren't looking, you were just careless, what would it be? An accident? There you go. And that's... Absolutely. So what I would say is whenever there's physical abuse, there is always underlying covert abuse going on right for so sure physical so a lot of people will go through emotional psychological financial spiritual yep. abuse religious abuse yep they but they'll never get hit and it's right. like at one point I, and i've heard countless women because now i i coach women um i've heard countless women say but he never um but i i wish he would hit me he never had I wish I had a black eye. I wish I had a broken bone. And like when I was sitting in front of some of my church elders that some of them knew me from diapers and they were like, but, but did he ever hit you? And I was like, well, let's just like talk through this illustration. This is like one of my favorite illustrations to tell people. I'm like if you saw me in the ICU, cause this is the best analogy I can create as a nurse, right? You saw me in the ICU in a bed, you know, broken, bruised, tattered, torn on life support, right? And you knew that my partner at that time had done that to me, what would your response to be? And they were all just like, oh my gosh, we would, you know, do this and we would do that and you would be forced to divorce him and this and that and the other. And, that. and I, I just like let them keep going with it and keep going with it and get infuriated and like imagine that. And then, and then after they were done, I said, okay, so who are you to discredit that I'm like that on the inside? Mm -hmm. Like internally, I am in a critical state right now. Right. You know, I had multiple times when I thought about ending it, you really? know, and I, yeah. And that's no, that's never been part of like my life or like my family history or anything, but I was just like anything but this, like anything, but yeah, 
I feel like I can't speak to anyone because I'm just going to shame my family name. Like, I'm going to shame the culture I come from, the religion I come from, the the city that I grew up in was a small town in Arkansas. You know, yep. everybody knew everybody, and here I am with like one, two, three, four, five kids. Eventually, you know, you 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 don't even allude to the fact, and you're just in this place where you're just like trying to protect the relationship, right. protect the family unit, protect your kids until you know, you realize that you're really doing more of a disservice. And that was four and a half years ago. Wow. And did you have fear of him hitting you? Because that counts too, right? That's, yeah. That People, can almost when they be get, just as bad, if not worse. It right? is. It's actually Washington State just rewrote their law uh, about domestic violence. Yeah. And they, they you, stipulate you, that. You can absolutely control someone just if that fear is in them. You can you can absolutely use well, that he as was the an XMMA fighter to get them to submit he to was whatever. An, he was an ex kickboxer, really, back in Romania. Like whenever, so I mean, six foot one, like right. <laughs> little old me. But I never gave a reason to be hit or anything. Right, like, there was really no reason for any of it to be honest and was, did he wear you down like they're very manipulative so they they take away all your resources right so like don't talk to your friends don't do this don't do that don't don't work uh i'll take care of you i don't want you to work so now you have no money you have no friends right you have no you have no way out that's why they so end up yes that's the one side right however the other side that a lot of people don't see and i'm meeting more and more women on this side of the tone where they're like they identify with who I am as a person is the side of ultra success. So with a true narcissist, they will look for something called narcissistic fuel. Narcissistic fuel is an individual that they can feed off of that, you know, they have something to offer and they're typically stronger than the actual narcissist. So they will look for a partner that can carry them potentially through life in oh, every wow. way they want. Okay. So in my case, it was, Oh, you're closer to finishing nursing school. So you go first and then you can support me. And then I oh, went, wow. I got a career. I had all my babies I had. Like I was, I worked the entire time. I never took time off. The longest time I took off was 12 weeks after my fourth baby. And that was because Oregon <coughs> came out with um, a family leave act. And that was new where they gave you that much time. But the least amount of time I took off was, was with the first and I went back after a week to nursing school because otherwise I would have had to drop out and right. I would have lost my scholarship. So it was always, it's easier for you to make more money. Right. So why don't you go and I'll just like stay back and help and whatever. But in our culture as like females and in the more traditional <gasps> culture, we are, you know, taught to be homemakers, right. to be like mothers. Like if, if we're not homemakers, then who are we? Would he control the money also? Like you, you bring I never had my own bank account. Right. <laughs> I have helped a couple of women in the past six weeks that were not allowed to have their own bank account. Um, were not allowed to have their own car. I've had um, a couple of women lately that some of them have to leave the country. I actually, when I left, we left the country. We were abroad when I left with them overnight. Um, the night that we left, it was through Budapest that we flew out. Really? Yeah. And you went where? We came to America because we were living in Romania at the time. And that's when things kind of started falling apart. And I 
I saw a Facebook post. That's why I opened up the nonprofit that I opened up. And that's why I'm so active on social media. And that's, this is why I want to be on as many podcasts as possible, because I realized that a lot of women, it's, it's just too triggering to talk about. And yeah. I've done a lot of, a lot, a lot of work to be able to talk and not be like a hot mess when I talk. This was about how many it. years ago you left? It was four and a half years ago. And it was a few weeks before I actually made the decision. I'll never, I will never forget this. And my oldest son doesn't remember this, but he was eight at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'd always homeschooled them. This year's the first year that my kids are actually in school, like public school. So we've always homeschooled. And we were just sitting um, at the table one day in Romania. And um, he was sitting down. I, I think their dad was talking to me in a certain way. Like they were used to it and whatnot. And and at one point, I think my oldest daughter said something and then that was, you know, shut down. And then my son, you know, our son looked down at his book and he was just like, I'm so glad I wasn't born a girl. And I was like, oh, hell no. This is not what my kids are going to think Right? is a real marriage, is a true like man, is what a woman's supposed to be treated like. Like I have boys and girls i don't want i don't want any of them to think that this is it because sure. statistically speaking if you don't break the cycle of abuse they're going to be one of it's 100%. a 50 50 chance yep and has he did he try to contact you after you left absolutely it was probably the most complicated divorces oh, really? someone could go through because there was still custody of the kids right yeah yeah, and I started out in Arkansas because my family's in Arkansas. What part? Hot you, Springs. Hot Springs? Hot Springs, okay. yeah. You know, did we talk about this? I know we really... So no. I lived in Branson, Missouri for... Really? For seven years. That was like our vacation yeah. spot. That was like yeah. the spot we would run to when we wanted a little short family vacation. Like what years? Do you remember? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I got... I mean, I lived there most of my life. I was born in the ghettos of Detroit because okay. my parents are first, you know, are immigrants from Romania. So I was the first U.S. born, but then we moved to Arkansas when I was like five, and I didn't move out of Arkansas until I was like twenty-five. Like Ninety-three so. to ninety-nine, I was in Branson. Oh, well, after, I mean, long after that, we were in. No, we were in. I mean, I was in Arkansas from like what ninety-two until like two thousand and ten. Oh wow! Yeah. So you went to Branson like in the nineties? Yeah, but we probably would have never. And what do you? I don't understand. What Did you're you go talking. to shows? <laughs> No, went? we would go to the go-kart places. Oh, okay. Like yeah, the, yeah. the high-speed go-kart yeah, places yeah, yeah, that yeah. we don't have in Arkansas. Silver Dollar City, you'd go there. and yeah, No, I never got to. So we, my dad was, I mean, so frugal. I mean, okay. he's borderline like cheapskate. Got like it. when we went on vacation, we would go to Galveston. We would empty out the back of the Ford Astro van. There was a pallet in the back, and that's where we slept, like, Oceanside the first night. Oh, wow. And then okay. we'd go out on the beach, and we'd have the beach day, and we'd, like, full-blown immigrant childhood. I mean, roasted. We were all right. red and everything and, you know, stayed in the motel. Good for you, though. That's why you excel in business, right? I feel like... You, you want I mean, to see a successful that's what you're startup, asking. have an immigrant start, <laughs> run the startup. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually was listening to a book. I almost listened to the entire thing actually on my way here. Um, it's called. Um... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It'll come to me, It'll come I don't to you. Remember. It'll come to you at 3 a.m. DM <laughs> me and we'll insert it into the no, show. It's, it's okay. like um, it, whatever has to happen has to happen or something. Okay. I'll look it up in a little bit. But um, but he talks about, about entrepreneurs and about yeah. business and about success and about why so many people, he talks about like neutral mentality. Yep. And he also talks about how, why so many people experience success, but might lose that success. And that's because they're not paying attention to what brought, what choices they made to bring them to success. It was either luck or survival. Yeah. And for me, it was a little bit of a combination of, yeah, I grew up with a dad that was super like he came with five dollars in his pocket and built everything from the ground up. Yeah. And loved paying his properties off. So like there, there's always that, you know, inner yep. critic chasing me. Yep. You know, but then also it was survival. Like for us, you know, I got married in 2005 and he had an investment property and we had bought a house a mile down the road from my dad's on the lake and we remodeled it and stuff. So I got uh, an early start to just like business and management, managing a 32 unit apartment complex, selling that successfully. What does it look like to have an occupancy rate of whatever, things like that. But um, it was really survival. We went through the, we went through the the economic crash in like 2008 and ended up losing our lake house. It was our, you know, first house. Uh, we both focused on school and, you know, I finished first, then he finished afterwards. Then we relocated to Washington because that was like the highest paying state. It was either Chicago or Washington. He had a couple siblings there, but little did I know that that would be like, I never wanted to open up that AFH. Like I never, I, I was like, no, not interested as an ICU nurse who's taken care of tracheostomy patients. Right. You know what a tracheostomy is? With the, the, the feeding tube? Kind of... <laughs> so that's the breathing tube. The, the breathing, breathing tube, tube goes Sorry, down here, but yeah, yeah, the breathing tube. Right. And then like when they cough, they like cough up, like if yeah. you cough up a loogie, you're coughing it through there and stuff. Yeah. Like I did not want to have any part of that right. outside of a 12 hour shift. I, I can imagine. So, <laughs> but it ended up happening and it was like, I mean, you just, you just survived through it. Like it was like at one point we had a very real conversation and he was like, which was also kind of manipulative when you think back on it at mm-hmm. how young I was, but it was like, we're never going to be able to touch our student loans. We're never going to be able to like really put money aside for the kids unless we do something like this, like this crazy venture business. And no one was really doing it. And when I got into it and he, he would always say like, I'm so glad you're so young. You have so much like energy for it. Is but he a lot older? He's 10 years older. 10 years. Yeah. So, um, so he had a lot more like life experience on me. Um, but now I've got a lot more wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotta say. And so do the kids have a relationship with yes, him? They do. And it's, um, you know, he loves them 
very authentically. They go over there and see him? They do. They go every other weekend. And we to split. Romania? No. Oh. He followed to he followed oh. us back to America. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. I missed that part. So we got married in America, and we had a whole marriage before okay. we moved to Romania. Okay. We were there only for Tells a year. You, I was going to say, you would, I don't even think you would allow that, right? Like, that no. would make you nervous. Like No, I would fly with them. I right. mean, that would be a great... I mean, I miss Romania. I wish I could have really? finished raising them in Romania. Absolutely. It, mm. was, it was wonderful. Like Europe is a completely different world. It's a completely different childhood. It's a completely different mentality. Yeah. So, um, but they, they have a good relationship and I, um, I worked really hard on them having a good relationship. Do you still have to interact with him? We interact through a third party app that is, um, court monitored. And for any survivors out there or divorcees that have very, very difficult, um, exes that, you know, still need to communicate for kids, but, you know, don't like having their phones blown up or have had a history like this. It's called Our Family Wizard, and it's probably one of the greatest inventions out there. Really? Yeah. You can pull transcripts and you can log expenses in there and just everything is court monitored and court accessible, submissible in court. That's great. And have you started, this is personal, uh, dating again or not yet? Yeah, I, I did. I started date. I was like, oh I only asked gosh. because I, the next question would just be, that was how so, is he dealing with that? Yeah. So that was like a massive shift. First of all, let me just say, <laughs> holy moly. Like I never got to date in the first place. Cause right. I was 17 when I got married. Oh, wow. Like I never got like I had little like high this school sweethearts. Oh my Jesus so are, Christ! Are you on like <laughs> Tinder and Bumble? No, no. I I made those mistakes initially okay. because that's all I had heard about. <laughs> and then I upgraded. I was like, oh, my girlfriends were like, well, Hinge is kind Hinge? of like if yeah. Bumble and Tinder had a baby. And I'm like, okay, let me try that one. No, no good. Not on that one either. So you're just going old I've, school now. I've kind of well, and and that's really difficult because most men nowadays are highly intimidated there's all this like swarm of like masculine you know toxic masculinity yeah, yeah, yeah. la 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 so they're afraid to even approach like, you oh well right. and i've met you plenty also of have a look like don't fuck with me i don't know if you know that well but, i mean yeah. <laughs> don't fuck with me unless you're a fucking man that's right. all i have to say right. like right so like just like men, like men have a certain allure. If they're a certain like standard, like right. I have certain standards too. You know, you have to be very secure to be able to approach. Right. Right. Approach with caution. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who you're approaching, right. right. Read the room. And, um, but I don't have, I mean, I am learning how to be more protective of my energy versus guarded. And that's been a process and a journey. Oh. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times I've noticed that I fall into a a position more of like, how do you describe it? Like people tend to look up to me, Mm -hmm. right? Which is fine. It's great. Yeah. But it's just not sexy when it's a man. I got it. Like, right. You know, as a female who obviously I have five kids, like I've been married, like I love my feminine energy. I just don't get to operate in that one as much as I would like to. Right, because you're the provider. You're the, right. You're I the breadwinner. You're the, the one I have to ass. be the lion and the lioness, right. right? So I have to like always balance right. that and that gets really exhausting right. at some point. You would point. mind a lion came along and just took care of some shit. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I get it. Cut some jugulars and, right. you know, <laughs> slay some things for right. me. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
but that unfortunately in modern in the modern dating scene is not really there and then i've even like widened my parameters at one point i was just like you know what? maybe i just need to be dating like in the 50s i mean my right. ex is 45 like it can't be that big of a difference and right honestly those ones are a problem as well because they just want someone to dote on them like they're just almost done with life like they're just like oh you have I, I think little maybe kids? that's just the pool you're finding uh, i beg to defer but i don't know i yeah. i like all of so so far and I've gotten to know people and I mean, I went through my whole like catch flights, not feelings phase, you know, <laughs> so I've traveled everywhere. I've right. gone Clearly, out everywhere. Clearly, I mean, if you made, hopped on, uh, on mean, a flight to come to the podcast. I'm a businesswoman. I'm right. a major networker, you know, I'm not, I'm outgoing. I'm not scared to have conversations and yeah. whatever kind of conversations, but it just seems to be, it's just rough out there. You're still doing your podcast? Yeah, I put I put it on pause while I moved because I moved cross country with the kids last September. So we've just hit a year right now. Okay, I'm going through some major like shifts. We bought a house, like all the things, yep. and then they started school for the first time. So I am planning on um, restarting the podcast for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking that might help. Like, uh, just the more content you're putting out, you might catch someone's attention. And I don't no? know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I talk about like. So my podcast is um, stories from a survivor and yeah. there's a, like a three part series where you talk about where I talk about my story, a, a very sterilized version of it. But still, nonetheless, it's a story that why sterilized because I still have kids and you don't want to be saying awful things and, about. Yeah, I just yeah. like they don't deserve that. They they know the weaknesses. They know what it was like. Like there's right. no use in it being out there and people necessarily saying things so does he at least acknowledge now at this point like absolutely uh, but okay it's, yeah but that's he probably does. good right absolutely so he's he's, he's like oh, i fucked up yeah okay he says i was young and i was stupid okay but then on the same token it's like that's kind of part of where like some of my urgency in dating back when i started dating i mean yeah. i'm telling you the first year and a half i started dating like I probably went on like 200 first dates. Really? Like legit. I was like, there's got to be someone out there. Like right. I'm a good catch. Like right. there's no way. Nothing? 200 of blanks? That was the first year. That like the first 18 one? months. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. It was sad. But I did date someone. Are you sure the bar, you've not set the bar obnoxiously high just based on what you, because you dealt with so much crap. That now, like, are your non? Do you need to back off on some of your non-negotiables, maybe, or no? Do I though? I don't because, know because who am I? Right. Like, I, I, I'm really. It's, it's quite, it's quite silly, like how minimal our desires are as survivors. Because I see a common theme. It's really just about being punctual, consistent communication sounds like, easy it's yeah. so minimalistic Basics. it's just like really like you could be a caveman <laughs> as long as you know what you're doing in that way as a man like right i'm really not picky it's right. just all of a sudden it turns into this dynamic where if you're a strong woman all you hear is like this kind of like this cheerleading like oh you can do it like you know you want as a female you want to have someone that you can kind of lean on and what when you hear like you're so strong you can do it like and I'm just like, bro, if I needed like a, 
a knuckles in my arm or right. like a slap on the ass like a football player like i'll let you know right. but that's not what i'm looking for right now like i don't need to be your mentor and that's what it started turning into a lot of times is like I end up being like the mother. And right. so I, I had realized that. And then I took a step back. I actually hired a life coach. Really? That's yeah. 10 years older than me. And she, um, a little bit older and she's also a serial entrepreneur, had five kids as well, went through a divorce. And I was like, I need to call her. And she really was able to just be like, I see all of these things and it's really beautiful. And she was like, I don't want you to engage in any kind of like a committed romantic relationship. And I'm just like bawling because I was just like, that's the only thing I right, really right, right. want. And she was like, I promise you're going to thank me later. So we're in the process of mapping out precisely the man that I want Got on it. paper. Okay. Which is a very high bar. I want to see the list. <laughs> it's in my backpack. Really? I'll show you, you actually have a list? I have. This it's, is hilarious. It's a full one page. I'm working on the second page. Really? Down to the wire. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotta be like. <laughs> yeah. And gotta love kids because obviously I have Right, five, right, Yeah, so, you have a litter. You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, litter. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got, got a little bit of this, got a little bit of that. Right. Like, you got like the the responsible older, you know, girl that's my mini me that's really fun to be around and is a bookworm. Then we've got like the, you know, trying to be pro athlete boy that's like. What sport? So he's in soccer and he played basketball. He was, he's just a freaking beast. Like he yeah. is like built for sports. He wants to play football, but I don't want to let him. Why? Because I'm, I'm a mom and I'm a nurse. No, but if he loves it, Blunt he loves force it. force trauma. You know, I'm getting to a point where I'm kind of warming up to the idea and I'm just like, you know what? Maybe being <laughs> on the field with a few other boys and just like getting the shit knocked out of you every once in a while is not going to be the worst thing, you know, that I right. have happened to you in life. So he's, you know, he's just like in seventh grade. He's coming up. But okay. I've had him with some trainers and some nutritionists and stuff. I'm like, I, I like to... Uh, teach my kids the things that I wish I would have known growing yeah. up and the standards that I wish I would have had for myself. Yeah. And then, um, inherently like they just, they have a good quality of life, but I tell them no a lot. Yeah. You know, they don't get everything they want. We live in a small 1300 square foot house. They share bedrooms. Yeah. They share bathrooms. You have to say please and thank you and knock on the door and wait three seconds. <laughs> you know, like all the, it. all the basics. Sure. Um, before we started taping today, we were in the lobby and we were talking about, uh, with some other people, we were talking about how I lost 35 pounds over the last year. And I was, I mentioned Gary Brecca and, and yeah. 10X Health and all that stuff. And you said you're, you're on that same highway doing oh, yeah. that as well. So that's part of like the nurse gone rogue. So like oh. aside from the businesses that I've done, which yeah. I love everything about creating, you know, jobs and, and things like that. And I love, um, trauma-informed coaching, which is something that I do like life coaching or business coaching. I've, I, I've noticed the trend that a lot of people are calling me into their lives if they've been traumatized in, in corporate or just like entrepreneurial life. Like they don't have boundaries. They, you know, we look healthy on the outside and I went through this too, you know, as an ICU nurse, I worked mostly night shift. So I'd work like six 12s in a row night wow. shift having kids, breastfeeding, homeschooling, all starting a startup. Like I was a, a wreck and, but people would see me on the outside. I, I looked normal on the outside, on the inside. I was a complete and total mess. 
And I didn't realize that until I went to Romania and I had a metabolic doctor that I'd heard about draw our uh, blood work and gave us like a big report. And she told me, and that was another red flag of mine because at the time I was 30 and my m metabolic age was like 36 and he was 40, but his metabolic age was like 40. Okay. And I was like, we both have five kids. Like we're both going through all this. <laughs> How are you, you know, right. uh, you live in that good life, aren't you? You know, right. what am I doing wrong here? So that's when I really became very aware of like my health, started going and getting like massages regularly, things like that. And then, but coming back and going through my process, like I lost 15 pounds within the first two weeks of my divorce because I was just so happy and the cortisol yeah. lifted. And that's when I really started going down the rabbit hole of like the body keeps score and stress and emotional stress. And then just recently I moved to um, Florida and I had met an, another gentleman who we are now in a startup called White Label Ops. We actually private label supplements, like very high um, okay. high quality supplements from Nutridyne and another proprietary doctor that's very big in like the bodybuilding world. Yep. And so we have like a core team. This is like very, very fresh. But I met him in uh, November over coffee from another fellow entrepreneur friend. And he heard my story. You know, he's his wife is also a nurse, an entrepreneur. They have a couple kids. And so he just gave me like a free like lab analysis thing. I paid for my own labs and he donated his time and I got this like 40 page report. It's like a very visual report yep. on like your metabolic status and the crisis and whatever. And he gave me some very like basic stuff to follow, which I didn't even know at the time, you know, and thinking back, I was a health nut, but I didn't even know that you're supposed to hit one gram of protein per body weight. You know, he told me that do more animal based protein, you know, obviously no carbs stay away from any fruits other than the little berries and you know some yeah and non-starchy veggies yep and i saw that my health completely turned around i you know he had me on some other supplements for like hormonal replacements and things like that and i got my health back and i became obsessed with it so i really? just like yeah i got the software as well it's called optimal dx it's like for optimization so there's like a range and and i've done this for multiple people i actually had a friend that had quit his job as assistant principal, was finishing his doctorate degree, was going to quit his doctorate degree. He was in the last like 100 meters of his doctorate degree. And he was like, I had to quit my job. I'm driving back home to live with my parents. I feel like I'm dying and I want to be close to family. And I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Wait, wait a minute. So we just, I grabbed whatever, la he was like, I'm sick of going to doctors. They're all telling me I'm fine. I look healthy on the outside, you know, typical bullshit. And then you're a mess on the inside. Yep. So I said, give me your labs. I put them in the program. And he said, but they all, they say they all look normal. Well, and I said, because the parameters are for like the national standard. Who do they throw into the national standard? Right. Morbidly obese people, people with diabetes, right. chronic like right. MS, all these different autoimmune disorders. There's right? always someone worse. Exa so you're not so bad. <laughs> exactly. But right. you're not optimal either. Right. So I put it in there. We got him on some supplements. We were doing like one hour a week sessions of just really just like emotional support, going back to like childhood traumas and things like that and just talk therapy type of thing, like not true cognitive behavioral therapy, just coaching, kind of life coaching, yeah. healing relationships. I'm telling you, like he finished his doctorate within like within two weeks, he felt like a, a completely different, but still sick. Within six weeks, we had nailed down his diagnosis and he had finished his doctorate. 
we're now five months out. He got another job. He's like full-blown entrepreneur mode as well. And he was like, he had gotten a job offer and he was like, I don't know if I want to go back because I, because I said, are you wanting to go back to the same environment? You know? And he was like, I don't know. When I took that job, I kind of felt a pit in my stomach, like, like shit, I've really been traumatized by this job. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's true. And people don't give it enough credit. So, so I do that. Um, I've done it for like friends and families and some clients just to test my abilities. Yeah. Cause like, it's like, I know, but at the same time, like you like to see the results first. And I've had other female clients that like one of my cousins reached out to me and she wasn't able to be, to get pregnant. And, um, I actually got, you know, I, I pulled her, she gave me whatever, whatever lab she had. We identified what it was. I gave her my recommendations. She was pregnant within like six weeks and then another friend that is in a high stress environment gave me her labs. We analyzed, we talked about just some like pretty, you know, nominal changes. She had a, a history and body comp, like bikini type yep. com uh, competitive, you know, history. And she was like, I eat clean, I whatever. And I'm like, okay, let's talk, let's sit down and talk about this and come to find out she made those small changes where she wasn't stressing out her body as much as she was like stressing herself out emotionally with mm. the job changes and things going around and going on that um, she was like, I feel just completely better. Like she didn't even want to draw the labs that I was going to draw, which is like a slew of labs. Right. Cause she didn't feel like she needed to. And I was like, I don't care as long as you feel better. I, that's all I care about, you yeah. know, but identifying what are the triggering traumas that are going to take your body into a spiral of like, you know, fight or flight mode and how can we decrease that so that we can nurture the body to heal itself? Yeah. You know, and one it's of the amazing things when you start doing the right things, how that just compounds month after month after month. And before you know it, I could tell people it's been easy. Like I was one of those people like you didn't look at me. Well, you saw the before after pictures. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you see the after picture, then you go, fuck, what were you doing in exactly. the before? But when you're just in before stage, you don't look so bad up against most people. So right. you don't realize like I'm fucked up. Like the average. But I was snoring. I was I had fucking acid reflux in the middle of the night like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Like it was just terrible. Joint pain, walking down staircases, my knees always hurt. And I don't have any of that shit anymore. Exactly. None. Nothing. Well, and imagine like the I mean, when I got to a point after the fourth and fifth pregnancies, like my body was just totally fucked. Like it was right. all fuckery. Cause it's just like your pelvic floor can only handle so much. Your core can only handle <laughs> right. so much. Like I was working through every pregnancy until physically having like being in labor, which is honestly the majority of women in America have to do that. And then sometimes same day you'd give birth. You went back to the office. I don't know. I'm just making no, shit up. No, right. you are making shit up because they give you at least 48 hours. No, no, most like, so you will get up to four weeks of medical leave in America. Yep. However, it's unpaid. Oh, I didn't know that. Unpaid medical leave. Well, that's if not, you, if that's just you we have, won't fire you is all that is? Yeah, right. exactly. We won't fire you, but we, we won't also won't you, pay you so that you. you can come back to work as soon as possible. I had no idea. If your job offers you short-term disability insurance, you will get 50% of your base pay, okay. not your average, up to six weeks only, though. Okay. And so... You know, FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act, which is federal, which Washington and Oregon have just rolled out statewide as well to increase the amount of, you know, parental bonding time. It was only 12 weeks, so three months. But let me give you a perspective. In Romania, 
a woman is allowed and is actually encouraged to stay home for two and a half years with pay of 70% of her salary. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. Like who would stop having babies at right. that point? Right? You'd, You'd have just... 26 kids if you lived there. <laughs> I, true story. I kid you not. There is a family, one husband, one wife, Romanian, that have 24 Stop. children. Stop. Both of them. I'm not kidding you. Holy shit. I'm not kidding you. Same female. I'm just like, how do you walk and not have a prolapsed uterus? I, mean, I don't that's understand. crazy. I don't understand. That family tree is just a jungle. It's too much to keep track of. <laughs> you can't weeds, even do it. Yeah. Right? All the weeds. Holy shit. I can't even imagine. But it's possible. It's possible, right? Right. Is it feasible? I mean, that's literally I having just a kid every... You're just pregnant. What do you do for a living? I'm pregnant. Well, yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's how I felt in my 20s. Like, people are like, oh, I did this stuff in my... Like, because now I love to go out and dance. Like, I discovered dancing. I had never gotten drunk or had, like, drinks right. or been out until I left. I was 31 years old. My siblings took me out. And my brother, who's an who's a Marine, you know, served in the Marines, he bought us all um, shots of Patron. That was my first time having Patron. And then my other sister, I think, bought us Vegas bombs. And I, I kid you not, we were in a we were in a bar, and there was some live piano music, and all my siblings were just watching me. They were like, "Let's just watch Diana get drunk because this wow. is gonna be hilarious." Because yeah. I was. The oldest daughter, like yeah. all the pressure, all the responsibility, You're the responsible one. like first grandbabies, like, yeah. you know, I got all my shit on lock, whatever. Yeah. I literally started laughing so hard. I was leaning forward and I felt like I was unable to handle my secretions. And I was like, is this what it feels like <laughs> to be drunk? Like, oh my God. it was the first time. So now like, I'm like the energizer bunny right. when we go out and we have fun, right? Because yeah. this is like, this is me in my 20s. Yeah. Like you pick up where you left off. I left off at 17. I never experienced right. all of that. So you had to get some of it in. Of yeah. course. And so Miguel, now we have all of the balance. Who, who's up next? Brian Hopkins is in here next. Do you know? You know what? I actually don't know. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I just don't want to be, I know where, if, I think he's in at three, but it's okay. This is so good. I don't want to stop. No, um, <laughs> uh what I love about you um, in just meeting you today for the first time is I've had a lot. I told you in the DM, I said you had me at DV, right? At Which the, was the last at, bullet point. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, because I've had a lot of, I've helped a lot of girls. Like I've lost count how many girls I've, I've filed uh, or helped file more restraining orders. I've served, I can't tell you how many restraining orders I have served against deadbeat loser fucking idiots that like to hit uh and manipulate and, and control yeah. and intimidate and do all that shit mm -hmm. um so it's like a hot button for me yeah. and i've seen it work i've seen it go i've seen it end literally in death sadly mm -hmm. um both by way of suicide and by way of murder Cause, yeah because uh, he just goes too far mm -hmm. i've seen it end where it's just a life wrecker and they she just never recovers yeah know, the girl never recovers and I feel like you're a really rare case. It's the case we want to always have happen, which is you you get up, you dust yourself off, and you fucking get it together, and you go be a savage, and you just win. And that's what you've done. Which you know what, though? It's so much easier said than done. I know. Right? No, I know. And that's why, like, when I found myself in the living room of an Airbnb with my five children, because I had to run away from Arkansas yeah. to Washington to create space between my family who was being re-traumatized yeah. and intimidated and threatened by him 
to Washington. I was like, you know what? Let's go to these feministic bitches and see how you act there. How about that? <laughs> right. But I was sitting in that Airbnb and I was like, okay, I have credit cards. I have a career. I have a background. This was pre-COVID pandemic yep. shutdowns though. This yep. was December of 2019. And so I was like, I can do this. Okay, I can find a townhouse. I can wiggle my way into something. We started yeah. out in a 1,200-square-foot townhouse from nothing with three suitcases, started over with five kids. And I was like, I can do it. I can't imagine other women doing it. And I said, you know what? Like, I swore to myself, I will get back into business. Yeah. I will create a nonprofit for domestic violence, transitional housing, and entry-level employment with a special emphasis with parents fleeing with children. Because it's so difficult to find the longer term assistance. Like you find the day programs, you find the podcasts, you find the workshops, you find all this stuff. But really at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the YWCA can't help you really. They're like, when I called and I was like, okay, I don't have a job. I have five kids. I just yeah. moved to Washington. How can you guys help me with section eight? It's if you've ever seen the maid yes. on Netflix, loved it. super triggering for me. Cause I was, yeah. I, I mean, I was bawling and I was just series. like, and and that is with one kid. Right. Right? Right. And I was just like, yeah, I did it with five. Yeah. Five. Like, I couldn't even fathom it. I was already a year and a half out, almost done with my divorce or had just finalized. And I was super aggressive with it. And, um, and you know, just re-watching that back, I was like, it's so true. Like, the the people from the state were like, well, you have to be homeless for two weeks before we help you. And I was like... If I end up homeless, you guys are going to set a precedent that the this is not within the best interest of my children, and the court is going to rule for them to be with their father. Like, I can't do that. Mind you, I had just made a million dollars cash the year prior from my first startup. But do you think I got any say-so on how that was spent? Oh, wow. So I started over with three suitcases and empty credit cards. Wow. My divorce cost me more than what I walked away with. My divorce process. My attorney was so happy. He was like, Diana, you had a slam dunk. But I was crying because I was like, my entire like suffrage, like everything I fought for has been resumed to like two days of trial, which was actually prolonged to two and a half days. I was interviewed by another podcast um, the survivor lady that actually wrote the book, Is It Me Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage? She picks apart covert mm. abuse and like religious indoctrination. And she made it a point to, to interview me because she said most women will cave whenever they get the pressure of the 50-50 custody because a lot of men don't want to pay the child support right. even though they don't take care of the kids and right. you end up taking care of them anyways. Right. And she was like, everybody settles because they get scared because you're afraid you're at the hands, at the mercy of a legal system that is just unjust, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's so hard to like plead your case. And so it was a really complicated divorce. It was very, very high conflict. And, you know, and it was, but... I kept on asking, like, you know, God, I was like, why me? Like, why do I not, can I have, can I catch a break? Can I yep. get one break in life? Like, I had a really hard childhood because our parents had a really shitty divorce that we all went through, you know, all of this, like, religious trauma and stuff. And then, like, this, like, really crappy marriage that, like, I should have never really had, you know, wonderful kids, but it's, it's not easy to parent alone. You know, you never right. imagine having boys go through puberty and not having a man to guide them through it, you know, and me having to be like, you know, sure, uncomfortably sure. comfortable with talking about things. Right. Yeah. 
So, um, and then the answer was always because you're going to talk about it because you'll be able to help other people. Like, yeah. because you can, that's the answer. Yeah. And so I just keep going because I can. I love it. This is really great having you. I'm so glad that you flew in for this. I can't thank <laughs> you too. enough. Um, Absolutely. I have ideas. We'll talk offline, but I think you should come back. You know, there's like 40 shows over here in this studio that there's a lot of them that you would make sense to have on uh, as a guest. Absolutely. And, uh, are you thinking about writing a book? I have so many, like I have a couple of books that I'd like to write, but I'm just, I, I have so a writer who lives in Florida that really? I've known forever. Her name is Sarah Melland. I'm going to introduce you to her. Awesome. And she's like my go-to. Uh, I've done a lot of projects with her uh, where she just sits and you just do like a dump of, you know, full, you sit with her for hours upon hours, whatever it takes. She pulls all your whole life out of you. She records it and then she writes it and then you go over the chapters. She's a ghostwriter? Yeah. I love it. Um, well, what's your opinion though on, because obviously I've thought about this and I've been told very many, many, many times that I should be writing this yeah. story. And what's your opinion on writing it as a fictional story? Like I've even, I have oh. someone that wants me to go and pose it to Netflix also. Stories yeah. from a Survivor, the podcast yeah. idea, or the Blind Investment, which is the nonprofit name. Yeah. And doing the series, Stories from a Survivor, like my story is the first series. Right. And then other survivors that I know. Yeah, and sure. And pitching it to them, kind of like the made, but a docu-series. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, this is sure. an awareness. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely a a public speaking tour for you. I mean, you you need to be roaming around the country. I know. I talking just, about this. This is why do you think I flew out yeah. here? I was like, I, I like have it. to come and it. just talk to people. Yeah, yeah. I get it. All right, yeah. we got lots to talk about. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Miguel, this is what, your second show with me. Third show. What is this? Uh, yeah, second time on. Yeah. Well done, <laughs> sir. So you know how to end it. So go ahead and end it. <laughs> that was.